There's nuts and there's fruits. In fall, the clinging plum drops. Always to be squashed. Squish, squash, sling that slang. I'm always right back at you. Like my boomerang. I'm Sokka. It's pronounced with an Akka. Young ladies, I rocked ya! Uh, that's one too many syllables there, bub. <laughs> Poetry. Welcome back to the Bitter Jurors Podcast. I am Sam Stanish. We are a queer Avatar The Last Airbender superfan podcast. Uh, to introduce my guest, I have written a haiku. Earth Kingdom Green Shines, a friend from the cornfield lands. He's Derek Reining. Whoa, I, <laughs> I assume those are the correct syllables. Um, if not, a beefcake dressed in black and pink will be on his way to escort you out of the building. I counted them off on my fingers multiple times before uh, we started recording. So I'm almost 100% certain that I got it right. Nice. Yeah. I have written a second haiku to introduce our guest for this week. Uh, wow. Here it goes. An all-time great guest. So happy to have him. Matthew Gagan. Hey, that was beautiful. I love it. I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to write and perform any haikus, but as always, you are at least one step ahead of me here. <laughs> I also totally definitely wrote some haikus, but you know, since I'm not introing, there's no need. So, right. you know, you can save them for next week. Yeah, for the sure. The best thing about haikus is that they take six seconds to write. Yeah, that's a very easy <laughs> format. Big fan. Clearly. It's just it doesn't even have to be three sentences and it's so it's such it's what 17 syllables right. you can snap them out i probably wrote three haikus in the past six seconds writing the speaking Whoa. i mean we really don't get enough haiku battles on tv these days it's true They're i agree really i think we should be done with lip sync battle and we should do haiku battle instead i've been get, saying it for years um, straight men in drag and have them recite haikus to each other as opposed to sing along to pop classics. I, that's perfect. That's a call up Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Is he the guy for that? He could be. I think that he would be in the first <laughs> first sort of like list that someone would put together to come up with that. Yeah, I think so. Show. That makes who, a lot of who sense. Who do we call? Who do we call? Jimmy Fallon, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, <laughs> Jay Lynch, James Corden. These are all, yes. I think that all those people would be good to host this sort of show. Yes. They certainly would host that show. <laughs> uh, so we're obviously here to talk about Tales of Bossing Say, a, a critical darling, a fan favorite, a, a series of vignettes. Matt picked this episode all for himself, hey. selfishly. That's right. Well, you know, it was one of the options available, and if it was on the board, I figured, you know, I had to take it. Most definitely. What led you to this choice? So I, uh, I'm a big fan of when shows kind of like break format, kind of like this, and this definitely breaks format. You know, they really went for it. They they switched it up, and uh, 
I mean, the whole uh, final third of season two is really incredible, but in particular, this episode and the next one really stood out to me. And I remember when the first time I watched these two episodes in a row, I, I was compelled to tweet about them. And I, I said, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, they're, they're doing things that no other kid show would dream about doing. And, you know, even even adult themed shows, you know, they, they're, they're, they're breaking format. They're willing to, you know, get rid of Appa for episodes at a time. And I, uh, it's something that I love. And also the fact that uh, this is not really plot driven at all. The plot is hardly driven forward, you know, at all. So uh, it's really just focuses on character. And I've said it for years, you know, plot is fine, but I'm all about the characters, baby. That's always been my motto. And this episode is uh, really exemplifies that for me. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, like you said, like we do get some like little hints about like, um, oh, Appa definitely mm-hmm. is presumably in the city somewhere. Like we do get that little bit, but like you said, this is like purely a character series of moments. Um, I'm sure some would call that filler because some people just, I don't know. <laughs> they, Some people are dumb. Yes, that's essentially where I was going with that. Word. This idea of like arbitrarily, arbitrarily slotting things into like either it's filler or it's not, depending on how much the quote unquote plot meter moves forward mm-hmm. per episode. And so I'm in complete agreeance with you. Like this is just an incredible episode of television, um, despite it being filler in massive, gigantic air quotes. And I, I love an episode that can make me cry. And this one this one brought me to tears a little bit. So when I was watching it earlier today, I was very surprised that the Tale of Iroh is the second thing that they put on there. Yeah. Like I would like it, <laughs> I in my mind I was like th- that's the last thing. Even though I also knew that the Momo one is the last one, I was like, well they gotta put the Iroh one at the end. <laughs> it's so sad. And it's like the perfect way to end it. But it's like right at the front. It would be before the first commercial break. <laughs> Just a little, it, a little, uh, just a little crying before the end of Act One. Yeah, and so I get commercial break. Yeah, just keep them gripped. Uh, and I, I Google it. I was like, did Netflix rearrange this? Like, I had no memory of what it was like. But <laughs> no, it's they go to, from Katara and Toph Spa Day nice directly, yeah, directly into <laughs> Iroh mourning his dead son, um, which and then zoo animals. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then haiku. A real roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> and then a first date. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. It's uh. If you would you rearrange the order if you could, or do you think that they put these together? Because it's like they're pretty easily like cut apart from each other. Like they're given their own little title cards and everything. Um. Would you rearrange them at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the it fact was. That was like Googling, like this must have been rearranged. What's that? Right. I think he would want to to fix that. I mean, yeah, I think it makes more sense to have to have uh, the the sad moment end the episode, even if that means you're not ending on the uh, oh shit moment of Appa's footprint. Yeah, I guess I like could put like you. It just it feels like this should not be so early in the episode, but I they did it, and I guess it's okay. And we are all just fine with it, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like. Me. Yeah, I'm not bothered. I'm yeah. just more surprised, and yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like a kind of a roller coaster episode. <laughs> up down, yeah, I up think. Down. Yeah, if I were to move it, I would maybe put it like, um, Iro Saka 
Momo to like end the episode, so you don't. So it's not like two really heavy things yeah. at the end. So it can be like we kind of build up to the heaviness, and then we take like because the Sokka one is like I'm pretty sure the shortest of them all, and it's That's like what it pure, felt like yeah, yeah, and it's like pure joke. So it's like it'd be good to like really hit you with that, and then get into this like just light, funny little vent like little moment, and then we get like kind of an adventure into another sad moment for Momo. Yeah, that works for me. I mean, if you guys want to. Start working yeah. on the rearrangement. Yeah, you call up Nickelodeon. I'll contact the creators. Uh, Sam, you get on Netflix. For sure. <laughs> I'll send them my uh, Spotify wrapped playlist, but <laughs> it's the Avatar Tales of Bossing Say remix. Yeah, they'll get out their scissors and they'll start cutting the film that it's on and start pasting it back together in the right way. Right, and I'll work. cut out the tail of Aang and we'll leave it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you would cut out the Rabaru babies? Yeah. And say it's <laughs> nodding instantly. I can't believe you. Look, I'm sorry, but of the six, there's a clear it's, number six. It's the, definitely the way. And I was, I was going to ask if you guys had these six tails ranked. But oh. uh, since, since we're already discussing it, I do have the tail of Aang, Aang ranked last. There's not really another option to go there for me, but... You know, there, there's really not much there at all, but I still have fun with it. You know, there's, there's what, a So what's your fun. full ranking now? Now yeah. I'm interested. Could I, I mean, since we already started at six, I guess we should go from six to one. I'm gripped. All right, let's see. Well, yeah, ready. count up to one for us. Yeah, right. That, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just make sure I don't mess this up. So we have number Please. six is the, is the Tale of Aang. Like I said, it's the one that has the least going on. But, you know, still pretty fun. Enjoyed it. I wouldn't cut it out like Sam would. I would, you know, gladly rewatch it. Uh, number five, I do have uh, Sokka as number five. Like we just said, this feels like the the shortest one. It's uh, it features the rarely seen, often talked about haiku battle on TV, and uh, yeah, I think I think if it's longer, maybe it, it goes up. But since you know it's it's a little it's a little short, I have it at five. Number four, of course, we have uh, Toph and Katara. You know, fun pairing. We don't really get to see them enjoying each other's company that much. So I, I like uh, I like seeing them genuinely complimenting each other. It was nice to see. Three, we have Momo. We have a real hero's journey with Momo here. Uh, it's like like we also met, we mentioned a lot in these first you know however many minutes, but uh, it's the only thing that really drives the plot forward at all. Where we have uh, the 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 big footprint at the end. Number two, love my guy Zuko. Uh, hard <laughs> hard to have him not in, not in the top third here. So he, the tale of Zuko is going to be number two. Love love young love. Love some teen dramas, first dates. That has probably the most uh, genuine LOL moments for me. Uh, and then number one, of course, we have my guy Iroh at number one. Like I said, I, I love a story that can make me cry. And this, you know, we spend a day with Iroh. We see all the reasons we love him. And then we, we get that heartbreaker at the end. And it's just beautifully, beautifully told. Well, to be inspired by the break from format of Avatar The Last Airbender... I propose we take a break from format and talk through the tales by Matt's ranking as opposed to chronologically. Perfect. Okay. So shall we we'll work from six up to one. Do you guys yeah. have any uh any any uh do you disagree vehemently with any of them? Not I vehemently. Do, with one at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, vehemently, yes. With one but we'll talk about it when we get to that one. Okay. All right, great. So don't turn the podcast off. We are going to get to it. Yeah, I guess from one quick for his cataclysmic criticism of your ranking. Mm -hmm. 
It's going to be a real toe-to-toe, like, brawl that's going to happen here. <laughs> Much like the soccer game in Tale of Iroh. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so let's start with the Tale of Aang. Before we go further, Matt, what kind of bender would you be? What nationality do you most associate yourself with? So I did think about this. And, you know, when, when you guys would first ask this question to people, I really, I, I always thought my answer would be, I don't know, because I really just don't know enough about the, the types of bending and what goes on with them. But I, I really feel like I can narrow this down. So I hate fire. Fire is one of my least favorite things in the world. So to be a firebender would not, would not really work for me. I also don't love water. I don't like getting wet. I don't like, I don't know how to swim. I don't. So that's, water wouldn't work. So that really narrows it down right to air and earth. I just feel like, as we saw with Pop this episode, Earth is very dirty. Like, I feel like you're always just going to have rubble on you. And I don't know. It doesn't, airbending, like, genuinely seems fun to me. So I don't know if, if I am, if I, if I would be an airbender in this world, but I'd like to be an airbender. Like, just making little balls of air under me and bouncing around. And, and I, I, I've always said that I hate weather, like, all types of weather, hot, cold, precipitation, everything. But I can handle, like, a slight breeze. And so airbending... That, that would work for me. I can make breezes. And if, if Aang, like Aang's the only airbender we really see in the series, and if airbenders are anything like Aang, he, he seems like nonviolent, fun-loving, and that's kind of how I try to live my life as well. So I, I think I think airbending probably makes the most sense for me. That is exactly where I would have guessed. All right. We did it. Same. You definitely have an air air about you. <laughs> the air is apparent. Hmm. <laughs> You're um, a wizard, Aerie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All vendors are wizards, as we know from the last episode. Uh, yes. But so on to the first um, episode, first tale. Aang. Well, it's I mean pretty bold to make their main character have the worst storyline of the episode. <laughs> it's, it's a great, it's it's a bold move. You know, it's a bold move doing this format break in general, and it's bold given the worst story to the main character. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the weakness in this one, at least uh, to speak for myself, I wouldn't call it weakness to me. I don't think I'm like really low on it as much as Sam is, or maybe even Matt is like, it's still fun, yeah. cute little But something's romp. gotta be last. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. It's just the worst one. <laughs> Someone has to go home first. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is the queen we're booting first of the group. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love the animal designs. Love an armadillo tiger. That's cute. Rabaru, love. Um, the flying snakes, I could give or take. <laughs> like, they have legs. It's weird. I don't care for those. Um, gorilla, baboon, no, baboon elephant, whatever the hell that thing was. That one's a little weird. Um, but uh, yeah, other than like really shaking up the creature rankings of the show... Not much to speak for. I mean, we get some sound bending, maybe potentially from Aang. That's exciting. That's about it, though. <laughs> what did he do? What do you mean? With the whistle, like I'm oh, sure, pretty it. sure. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure sound bending was like an article on the Avatar Wiki, and the thumbnail presumably was that whistle blow sort of thing. I thought he was just pulling in a bunch of air. And right. using a bunch of air because he's sort but of that's like the same an airbender, like, right? But blood <laughs> bending is like, or like, or vine bending, or whatever have you, like these sort of offshoots of bending styles. You could say, oh, well, he's just fire bending the lightning, or whatever. Right? Whatever you want to say, like people. So, 
People are obsessed with trying to find what that is for air, and then there's just never one. <laughs> yeah, we get there's, sound. It doesn't exist. It's sound ending. Yeah, that's about, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if the article's still up. Maybe it just didn't have enough entries to maintain its yeah. place on the Avatar wiki. But This article yeah. is a stem, and it needs <laughs> to be filled out. Maybe some uh, plant bending on the stem. Hello. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, so, I, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that, like, the it's just, I mean, it's, and I like the zoo design. I like that, like, it, I mean, it looks really cool in there, and Ang did a good job with it. I will say, for this is the first time I've, this is flagged for me on this, this time rewatching it. He destroys a farmland in order to create <laughs> this zoo. And as the avatar, I just feel like he should be a little more perceptive and see that people probably need this field that he's using to create the zoo. We don't have to think about that. <laughs> but Aang does. <laughs> for for me, I mean, like, not a lot going on. We have, it, you know, just to show the character of Aang, shows he's a really just emphasizes he's a fun-loving guy, kind of likes animals, so that's nice to see. We have the moment where he says, uh, I can take care of these animals no problem, and then there's a quick cut to all the animals wreaking havoc, havoc throughout the village, and that's that was fun to see for a while. But then, you know, that, that's all. That's it. Mm -hmm. We do also learn that apparently the Dai Li is in the business of funding public um, things, because the guy says the Dai Li won't give me money. Didn't know that was part of their um, like purview, but apparently it is. I completely forgot about it. I guess, yeah, because like Long Fang is in charge of all the money and so since he probably since he's the head of the Dai Li like they do his bidding and also control some money stuff apparently I had never even like that line had never even like really stood out to me until this time I was like oh didn't know they did that it did definitely didn't even stand out to me this time because I did not remember it <laughs> you instantly yeah, I'm glad you it <laughs> Speaking of the Dai Li I finished the first Kiyoshi novel the, yesterday or maybe the day before and it, I did not even get to, she's like still so young at the end of that one. So I don't know anything about the daily after reading a whole book. Uh, it's gonna have to, I guess I'll have to read the sequel. The book was not very well written, um, but <laughs> you know, I, I, will, I will eventually read the sequel because it is Avatar, but it, without the Avatar branding, that book was unreadable, but it, you know, that's off track. You heard it here first. Damn. That's how I feel. And I'm sorry, but it was bad. Lots, lots of negatives. <laughs> I finished a book today and it was very good. Nothing to do with Avatar, though. So. Oh. I have moved on to a very good book, nice. which is, you know, it's so refreshing after reading a bad book to read a good yeah. book. Well, for um, me, because when I'm reading a book, even if it's bad and I don't like it, like a few chapters in, I always have to finish something that I've started. So I will torture myself and read all of it, even if it takes me like two months. That is one of my New Year's resolutions from this year that I've that to I've not, actually stuck to not with. Finish books no, or to, finish to books. not start a new book until I finish the finish. book I'm currently that's, reading. Yeah, that's what I do. I don't ever start a new book unless I've finished the one I'm reading. But if I'm I'm gonna change it for next year, and so I'm gonna, I'm if I don't like a book and I don't want to finish it, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, um, I wish I could do that, but I because what if it gets good at the end? You, you'll never know now. And the Kyoshi book did was like a little bit better at the end, but it's still. Yeah. Ultimately, not good. What not what it. book are you reading now that is good, Matt? I just finished the Big Little Lies, the novel today, and I will probably celebrate by rewatching Big Little Lies, the television series. Wow, 
It was perfect... a, it was a very fun read. It was maybe even funner than the than the show. Eh, well, no, because the show has Bruce Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and all those fabulous people. But I was imagining them in my mind, so it was kind of like the same thing when I was reading. <laughs> yeah, that is the helpful thing. That is good when you go back and read a book after and seeing you have the pieces, thing. You're like, this is Nicole yeah. Kidman. Exactly. So. Which is, I mean, I do that for most books I read anyway. I picture someone as Nicole Kidman, but it's helpful <laughs> when she's already in the role. That's true. I'm always reading a book and just looking for the character, like which one of these characters is Nicole Kidman and who am I going to embody Nicole Kidman on this? Yes. Where's the Laura Dern? Where's the Zoe Kravitz? <laughs> exactly. Where Every book I read, it's that cast in the book. There's an Adam Scott in there somewhere sometimes. <laughs> Chaley Woodley is an incredible Harry Potter in my mind. <laughs> I can I can imagine it. She's great. I agree. But not young Sheldon actor. He's not Harry Potter in your mind. <laughs> uh no. It's unfortunately not. He right. is Peeps. Wow. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode where we cast Harry Potter with big little wise characters. Directly right. on track with our <laughs> podcast. Um <laughs> Um, so uh Matt, do you want to tell us why you put this I mean you already kind of talked about it, but any other thoughts on the tale of Aang before we move on to your number five? No, it's just when I'm when I'm when I was putting together the ranking and I was looking for reasons for why I put something where I put it. The only thing for Tale of Aang was just there's really not much here, and at least with every other tale, there's something that I can point to and be like, this is why I enjoyed this tale. Yeah, like it's it, I in this we don't find anything out about Aang. It's truly just mm-hmm. an external problem adventure that he deals with and it has nothing to do with his emotional state basically whereas every other character has like something we like them in a new we haven't seen before dealing with problems interacting one who like they don't normally interact with there's something new there and in this one it's like you've seen ang do an adventure before yeah <laughs> for sure yeah kind of a throwaway tale but good thing there's five other ones to talk about thank god Yes. Uh, so shall we move on to your number five? Let's do it. Number five. Number five. <laughs> the Tale oh. of Sokka. See, this is where we are about to come to fisticuffs. Well, we're not, my... though, because I like this. Te- you're going to say that this should be, like, higher, obviously. This was going to be, like, my number two. <laughs> Maybe okay, a number one right. spot. That's for fine. Me. Like, we can mix up any of these middle ones, and it's fine with me. Oh, but the, we're going to mix up, but not in the way you mean, Okay. <laughs> For me, the middle ones. for me, there's only one of these tales that has Zuko, so that's going to be my number two for me. And then everything else, you know, it's it's great. It's funny. I laughed. I loved the haikus. I loved all of it. It's just, you know, shorter than the other ones. And that, that I mean, I, I liked it, though. So I, I can't argue against it. That, that's just not going to happen. Well, I'm going to argue no matter what. So you're going to win this argument. You've won already. <laughs> you're the only one arguing, so you will win. What's that community line? There's no one on the other side of this issue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I love this little, like like you said, it's a really short little thing. I think it's like a just a great little comedy sketch. Like it's in and out. You get the joke. They tell the joke really well. Um, I love seeing a bunch of, like, I don't know. Like, this is such a cool idea. Of, like, there's a haiku club in Bossing Say with, like, young, presumably well-to-do girls and their, like, stately haiku leader lady. And they have a beefcake as a bodyguard. Like, that's, that's great. True. And they just love, they're all about haikus. They love them. They are. I do love that this, every single 
plot line in this episode introduces us to a different side or area of Bossing Say that like we would never see in a non-filler quote-unquote episode like obviously they're never gonna go to the fucking haiku place if like <laughs> and Katara, Sokka, and Toph all are like running around and like they're being chased by someone or something but I do like they go to a spa or they go to like I don't like a zoo. Why would we ever go to a zoo? Yeah, uh, but the, something that and, can only exist in this episode. Yeah, and it's cool. Um, and I do like that this is kind of like it, it's about haikus, but it's also shorter than all of the other ones, like a haiku compared to like a sonnet or something that true. the other things are. And obviously, we love Sokka. We know he's artistic and you know, tr or like creative and funny. And this is, I, I agree, it's a perfect way to. Uh, used him in this episode, and like it's a very good storyline. But I would also, well, I might put the see these these uh, three, four, five episode plots. I could I could mix and match um, yeah, like a I puzzle agree. box on your list. But like ultimately, they're all sort of in the same uh, B tier of the mm -hmm. episode. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I was very impressed with Sokka's ability to come up with haikus on the fly until obviously the end, where he crucially messes up yeah yeah i just love the reactions of the girls like they are like and Sokka's like they giggle once and he's instantly on board oh, yeah. like yep i am fully a haiku guy now this is what i do. <laughs> did you guys ever watch the show wild and out oh absolutely i've this... probably seen some of an episode just like accidentally being on mpv at the time but i've never mm. sought out a full episode well it's basically a whole episode of di one team dissing the other team and the audience reacting wildly. Like Yo Mama? That show I've watched on MTV. I don't, I've never seen that show, but it sounds from the title, it is <laughs> what I'm thinking. Very of. Just a bunch of people have Yo Mama joke battles against each other, hosted by Wilma Valderrama. The guy from that 70s show. Yeah, exactly. I used to watch that after school, like, for hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, very similar to it's sort of bossing says version of that. I also love that like Sokka's just like watching and then he gets kicked into the through the window. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, and I also do want to say love that this uh, haiku instructor lady just has a plum on her in case she has to do this little plum bit. Yeah. In case she has very, haikus. To once again make a community reference, it's very much Nick Kroll's character walking yeah. around with a soccer ball soccer to reenact the foosball <laughs> moment. And I think there are community parallels in every aspect of Avatar The Last Airbender, if you look hard enough. I agree, oh. and I'm sure we've joked about sorting the study characters either as what nation they are or the gang as the study group. I'm sure we've talked about it. Uh, and I'll and... be back for that episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, I, but I, I mean, the, her haikus are really good. I am less impressed since it's clear that she had them prepared. That's true. Um, and but like obviously, there it's there's a place for that. And pre-writing your verses is obviously vital to music and rapping and careers in general. But Sokka doing it off the top. Naughty. I mean, maybe he hasn't even heard of haikus before right. he gets kicked through the window, it but he does like it. Perfectly yeah, like by accident. They had to explain to him what it was. He's at a clear disadvantage here in this battle. Doesn't know what they are. Has to come up with them on the fly. And the fact that he even makes it this long before, you know, he gets tossed out is it's very impressive. 
Yeah. She he wins the fight and then he gets tossed out. So yeah, you know, he got a little too cocky at the end. But the the one about the monkey climbing trees and thinking he's tall is shady. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very much the queens who come onto Drag Race, like having like paying someone to write their reads for them mm. versus the queens who are actually reading their competition. Very so, true. Very true. You got you can't you can't get specific with the girls until you know them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay. So, any other thoughts on the tale of Saka, who did rock us before we move on to number four? I paddle my boat, and I'll paddle yours too. I mean, it's hey. it's inappropriate, honestly, for Nickelodeon. <laughs> I've got nothing dice. other than I had a I had a great time watching this. Good stuff. I, Love I, it. I, don't fault you for ranking it higher. Good. Well, good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I think four. as long as we're aligned on one and six, like there's no real fight to be had. Exactly. That's quitter talk, but okay. <laughs> Never seen this competitive <laughs> side of Derek before. <laughs> you have not spoken to him very much then. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Waterbender, Matt, Airbender, trying to have a <laughs> playful conversation about ranking something with Derek Earthbender. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> There's winners and losers, okay? That's how these work. Oh. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, so <laughs> last, next, uh, Katara and Toph, correct? Yes. See, this is mine that I bristled at initially, where I would have just flipped this with number three, probably. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking through Sokka, and then I'm sort of like, do I really care that much about Momo? And then I I was thinking maybe I would put him as five. I don't know. They're four and five. But uh, this this one is so cute, and I love that Mm -hmm. it leads off the episode. Uh, I feel like we talked about we talked about since Toph's introduction, like her relationship with Katara isn't like is something we would want to see more of. And I feel like they do a really good job in this episode, obviously by giving, sharing, letting them share a storyline. However, I'm also sort of like, okay, why do the two girls have to share the one and five guys get to share the other plot line? It's like I'm watching freaking South Pacific over here. And this is the only buddy comedy out of the six of them. The only two that have to share one single tale. And yeah. the freaking flying lemur gets his own. <laughs> That's very true. That's a, it's a valid point. Right. No, yeah, I mean, uh, besides that point, like, I'd, it's still just, like, a great to see these two interacting together in, like, a non-combative way. Like, mm-hmm. it's nice to see them get along um, and presumably drown some bullies together, those girls. I hope they're okay. Listen, but, uh, not. They, they had it coming. It was a great burn. Great burn by them. But, you know, you, you, you don't fuck with Tom. Kafka's a badass, and she will she'll get you back. She will. Yeah. She will destroy public property to just to get you back. <laughs> and I, mean, I also I feel like outside of um, like her feeling guilty about losing Oppo, we haven't really seen the emotional center of mm-hmm. Toph since like her first introductory episode. So it, I mean, even though it comes at like out of ableism and true awful awful bullying like it's nice to like reset and remind the audience that she like is a young girl who like has emotions obviously but she like is so tough also on the outer shell we don't see tough display emotions very often we don't see you know tough and katara bonding like this very often so it's great to see 
this side of these characters. I don't know how uh, Katara really convinced Toph to even do this in the first place. Like, she said no at first, but it really didn't take much convincing. I'm very surprised uh, she was down to come along with this, but I'm glad she did because we got a nice tale out of it. Like Sam said, it's a perfect way to start off the episode. It's nice and lighthearted. So, you know, I, I have no... No, this has no faults. This is a, a perfect, a perfect tale. I was going to say that too. Like, I don't think there's a single wasted scene or moment of the whole thing. It's really quick. Even just from the start where they're shaving in the mirror is so funny. Sokka <laughs> like, shaves like a badass. I don't know. Right? And Katara yeah. does her hair loopy. Yeah. We see her like putting it up. It's yeah. so good. And then Toph wakes up. It, I mean, we could just talk through it beat by beat, beat, it's, by beat yeah. it's perfect sake is shaving with like a, a big machete or whatever that was it's his, yeah it's his like, i cannot even thing. i cannot even imagine frightening good for him straight razor <laughs> shave absolutely it's very um, very cute katara and Toph very cute together when they get along yeah and we i mean we see some t- actual tears from Toph. i don't know mm-hmm. if we've seen that before but like that's pretty pretty tough like um, but it does, it like, hints lighthearted, we, heart, uh, lightheartedly, we get, like, a little shoulder punch, which is cute. Mm-hmm. Love that. It's just nice, because Toph's usually such a bad, I mean, I love Toph, so I'm, I'm gonna love this no matter what, but I, I think everyone loves Toph, so. Absolutely. Yeah. As they should. As they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great tale about inner beauty, even though it's a story about primping your outer beauty. It's yes. got layers. It's got layers. Just like the layers of mud. Yeah, maybe that's how Katara convinced Toph. She's like, there's going to be mud. You can make weird faces <laughs> with it. Hopefully. Hopefully we get that in the deleted scenes. I understand that. You can't show everything because these, these really have to be like four minutes each to fit them all into the episode. Right. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, imagine if every one of these was a whole episode by itself. That would be, oh, that would be bad. <laughs> that would not be good at all. Uh, but... Something that uh, I feel like a worse show would try to do to extend their episode count or something, or like not use every second that they're able to use. Right. I do also like that this episode, every single tale is written by a different person. Like, mm-hmm. and we get to see who, like, who the staff writer is that wrote it, um, which is cool. It's like, I can't remember the last time, like, I don't know. I can't, I can only think of a few shows that have ever done something like that. So it's like a nice little, like, we are all in this together, and here's our like collective little piece of work. Yeah, nice little Enjoy. show of unity there. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Uh, so shall we move on to number three? Let's do it. Number three. Number three. The Tale of Momo. The one that you guys hate that I have too high. Uh, um, excuse me. <laughs> this would be... I mean, this is, I think, a great little... Mo- like, it's a great... Like comedy, there's a v- action. There's yeah, Momo goes on a great sadness. journey. Yeah, there's cats. There's, there's big cats, whatever they were. Yeah, there's dead birds in the background. Like very, just like straight up. It's just a plucked turkey right, right there. And listen, I'm I'm a known dialogue lover, and this tale has no dialogue. You know, because of the fact that it is from the point of view of an animal that does not speak the the human language, but mm-hmm. uh. Even this, there's enough here where I, they accomplish a lot here with no dialogue. And I think um, if, if, like we were just discussing, if this was a whole episode, I would probably get bored with it after a while. But because of the fact that it does only have to take up four minutes with this, I think they're able to accomplish a lot with this. And I don't get bored at all, even though there's no one talking to each other. So I think, I think they did a really good job with not being able to 
have characters talk to each other. You're really, you know, I'm not, I'm not confused at all. I knew exactly what was happening. They did a fantastic job here. Yeah, I also feel like we, I, we probably, they've probably like hinted at Momo also being sad that Op was gone or whatever, or just like we know, like obviously that they were friends, but it's mm -hmm. it, it's so gr cute to like see that he. Everyone misses him. Yeah, not he genuinely just misses Appa. Yeah, he dreams about him. And you know, and we then, probably haven't been thinking enough about how sad Momo must be during these yeah. episodes. You know, we you know we're thinking about Aang, we're thinking about Toph, we're thinking about how it's affecting these characters. But Momo here, Momo's been without his buddy. Yeah, the only other animal in the group. That's right. Yeah, poor Momo. Um, I know I he's do. caged in this tail. You know, I was gonna cry when he was in. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna eat him. What uh, the hell? That's there crazy. were so many dead geese in that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, that's what I was saying. Like, what a. That's kind of a very upsetting image if you're a child, just like these dead birds. <laughs> I had no recollection of that. I completely blacked it out. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so, yeah, Momo dreams about Appa. Very sad. He sees Appa in a tree. Yep. Like, to be fair, that tree did look a lot like Appa. I know. Very I was excited too. I thought maybe it was Appa. <laughs> for a second there you're always thinking oh finally this is the the they found up mm -hmm. um yeah and uh we also get a great remix of the momo theme song when he's like Ooh. a street performer it's like a like a, almost like a club beat it's like yeah banging <laughs> loved it i could listen to like a seven minute disco mix of the momo theme Get the moment he was, where he where he uh, frees those big cats, and much like in Survivor, when I cheer whenever someone releases the chickens, I was cheering when <laughs> Momo released the cats. It was a, a real, it was a, it was a big moment for everyone. Mercy for your tormentors. An I mean, alliance, this, an alliance was formed between Momo and those big cats. Yeah, even though they used to be working together, shades of Allison and June from Big Brother Four. That's uh, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Momo really is the Allison of Avatar. <laughs> I think that that's true. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Him being so game to be part of the street performance act just by accident <laughs> was, I, I wouldn't do it. There's actually a video of me from college a long time ago. Uh, I think Derek has seen this video when I it first have. came out. And I was sitting in the like student center of uh, Penn State called The Hub, and I was eating lunch, and I was on my computer, and all of a sudden, a dance troupe started uh, performing right in front of me. And then, like, later that day, there, like, a video was sent to me that this club posted. And I'm, like, sitting in the background, like, not paying attention. I'm, I'm, like, in the front row of this, like, uh, audience watching because I, like, obviously didn't know that this was going to happen. And then I'm just, like, sitting behind them. It's incredible to just see just how Sam absolutely refuses to even acknowledge what is happening in front of him. Right, which, yeah, you really, Momo was, would have just started dancing. Yeah, yeah. Momo is nothing if not adaptable to his surroundings. He's just gonna yeah. go with the flow. If I was a flying lemur, I would have been up there and knowing the steps immediately okay. and letting them balance on my head. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then so, of course at the end he gets. He, we see this paw print. Yeah, that's that a is, big moment. Yeah, and that's like the thing we've been saying is like the only thing of plot that happens in this episode. And it's at the very end. Yeah. Um, right. It's and it's more of like a confirmation of what we assumed, which is the idea that Appa is in Bossing Say somewhere. And so this is a confirmation that that must be true. 
Um, yes. But now, now we have our confirmation, and we're ready. Now we really need to get to the next episode because now we know Op is here. Op is nearby. And we see right. the clump of his fur too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. I yeah, I love Momo has as a bracelet, and it's he even bracelet. like he even knows like when it's been stolen from him, and he chases them after it because he wants it so badly. It's so cute. Oh, precious Momo. I know, and I do love the callback to like because um, uh, back in book one, uh, I believe the Blue Spirit, we learned that Momo hears gibberish from people, and so I mm -hmm. like that we got that callback here. It's cute. And as I mean, I can't wait for our Momo centric episode of book three. To <laughs> complete yes. the complete the trilogy. We need it. Momo alone. <laughs> that would that would be something. Um, but, but I don't have other. I mean, it's it was nice, and I'm glad that we see that he has an emotional core as well. Even though this isn't yes. something we would ever get. In yeah. a normal episode, there was there was emotion, there was comedy, there was a a complete story with a beginning, middle, and end, with no no dialogue. So I, you know, I was just uh, that that's why I have it up in the in the top half of these tales. Absolutely, yeah, I would Perfect. put this up. yeah up there. Good stuff. Okay, so our, I believe we're on to number two now. Number two. Detail what, of... what ranking are you the voice are you doing that? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> even... I'm assuming some radio show that I've heard before. Fair. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that. Yeah. I'm Thank of you. course doing the best of Comedy Bang Bang singing yes. countdown. Um uh, but uh yeah, number two, Tale of Zuko. It's so good. I mean launched a thousand ships, I'm sure. Well one ship, but a thousand people <laughs> shipping the ship. Uh, you know, this is so cute, adorable. We've never, even though we know Zuko and May had like a thing, we've never seen him in this way before. Him being all dressed up, so cute. There's so much here if you love Zuko, and I think that most people who watch this show do. Listen, Zuko is, of course, my personal favorite character. Zuko is, of course, the heart of the show. And uh, I love a good Zuko and love story because he deserves it. He, 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 deserves, he deserves a nice, uh, a little girlfriend if he wants one. So this, this is very exciting to me. I, I love these these tales of uh, of young love here. And Zuko at the center of it, what's not to love? Right. Right from yeah. the very beginning, I love his parents. <laughs> I, I, he's so talented and handsome. <laughs> he's so paranoid, he doesn't under, he's like, she knows we're Fire Nation. And it's like, well, she just wants to go to dinner with you. So he's, yeah. he's very paranoid in the beginning here, but by the end, he is, he's putting a lot of trust in uh, in this girl not to peek when he says, don't peek, and then really trust that she's not going to peek, and just blatantly... Not just, <laughs> just, not just peek, but like to just assume well, yeah, the yeah, one thing that makes though, sense. Yeah, even though she didn't peek, when she opened her eyes, I feel like it's pretty obvious at this point what just happened, but, you know, she, she uh, if she knew, she didn't call him out on it, so... Yeah, she just played along. Good for yeah, her. I, I think oh. she knew. I think she knew, but she didn't care. Yeah, um, I, it's very like a, it feels almost like an X Men sort of story of like uh, keeping your power secret from this person and using that power in a romantic way. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's such a cute episode for Zuko. It's and it's Zuko in a way we've never seen him before. I don't think we've ever seen Zuko kiss anyone before. Um, we've never seen Zuko on a date. Like no, this is just, yeah. Zuko's first date look really made me laugh out loud when he walked outside with <laughs> his hair like that. I, that was a that was a genuine LOL moment for me when I when I saw him. Love a middle part. 
And I'm surprised <laughs> it only took Uncle five minutes, uh, ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. That's yeah. true. That was a work of art there. Iro, yeah. Iro really is a great wingman here. Uh, literally, he like sets up Zuko on this date instantly. He's yeah, getting him all dressed up. Love yeah. it. If and we're ever going, we're ever lucky enough to go out on the town again. I'm having Iro ride with us. He's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's the first thing we're doing once we all are vac <laughs> fully vaccinated and we're all good to go outside. Iro, get in, dude. God, I going. hope Iro isn't an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> no way. <laughs> all right, no, good. He's, he's a Iro is welcome at Drag Race Night anytime. Oh, absolutely. And he's going to have a ball. Absolutely. He'll bring his sungi horn and the queens will dance <laughs> along. <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, the, so yeah, this Jin girl, like, this, um, it's interesting we're getting these, like, one-off, like, love interests for Zuko this season. Like, we had Song earlier, um, now we got Jin, Jet. Jet, hello? Like, yeah, Zuko and Sokka are just, like, uh, they're just lady killers, or really people are. killers in general. Zuko so, is killed, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely murdered someone. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it's funny to think about it though, because like Zuko is available. Like at this point in the show, I mean, uh, I mean at this point in the show, he's not really a villain, but he was a villain at mm -hmm. some point. So it's like just funny to think about like the villain of the show is now going on like an awkward first date. Like how many shows do that kind of thing? Like it's just it's such a True. great idea. I and I ship this short-lived romance, and I'm I don't remember episodes after this but i'm assuming she doesn't exist anymore after this episode we don't know this could be an end gamer right here oh yes that's right, that's right. Jin. i love in book three when she kills may i mean uh nothing <laughs> <laughs> not to spoil anything uh, yeah quick do your plugs <laughs> um yeah so yeah this is a cute little moment um of course zuko doesn't really seal the deal because he's you know he can't stand to lie to this girl. It's complicated. It's complicated. It is complicated. He's working through a lot of things. He doesn't want to be happy. Who does? Exactly. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough being happy. Zuko it's is so relatable. To just continue being miserable. Right. Zuko is like so. He's awkward. He's self sabotaging. Zuko is just the ultimate audience like avatar for us. Yeah, and it's where a lot of the a lot of the comedy is going to be too. When uh, another just genuine laugh out loud moment is when he tried to juggle at at the dinner date. And yeah, he, it's been a while, so he's a little rusty. I yeah, think this episode it created in me my desire for emo long haired boys who lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've never been the same since. I really haven't. I mean, this I, this episode would have come out when I was twelve, so. I feel like I've really grown and joined with this episode as one. Nice. Well, you know, to lead into the number one spot, you know, I've always been to into an older man who can play <laughs> a guitar and <laughs> help Absolutely. passerbyers. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we can all firmly agree we are into that after encountering Iroh. Only yeah. if, if we, we had if, we if we weren't before, we are now. Yes, absolutely. This will con convert you wholly. <laughs> um, if if you're not too busy, literally bawling your eyes out, which literally it, all it takes for me to like start. Like, I literally teared up like the first time he sings it in this episode, just mm -hmm. knowing 
what's going mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah, like, I feel like I, I, I cry more on the rewatch because I know it's coming. And so I have time to like gear up the emotions. And then when it hits, it's just like, whoop. And then and it does hit second. With the, it does hit second. And then they cap it off with the in honor of Mo, uh, Mako too, just to really. Yeah, holy shit. Which is like, um, that's, I mean, not really a fun fact, but the this is the first episode that we're getting Iroh's second uh, voice actor mm -hmm. doing some, um, presumably this, like they had to get, bring him in to do these lines uh, like much later than the rest of the episode, since the rest of the episode is Mako voicing Iroh. Um, but yeah, for those, I guess, who don't know who are listening, Mako, the voice actor of Iroh, passed away from cancer. I forget what kind he had, but he had been living with it for a long time. Um, but he passed during the production of the show. So that is what brought about this in honor of Mako vignette. Got it. I always thought that he, it was between books two and three, but, and then. I believe, I mean, I think that's when it happened. Um, and so, because I oh. mean. So Iroh, is he, does, does he voice the rest, does Mako voice the rest of the season? I believe so. If okay. like, maybe there's like one or two exceptions, but like, uh, for the most part, I believe it is Mako for the rest of book two. Got it. Yeah. I mean, just to talk more about this tale as the number one agree i mean the between the three of us i think we unanimously all agree decided one. yeah unanimously decided like, number one i mean it's it's i mean there's so many different pieces of it it's mm -hmm. like there's iro interacts with like four different people like and has a moment with them before he even gets to like the emotional crux where he's like sobbing over his dead son and then also the audience is crying because the voice actor is also dead like <laughs> it's really just they it they they build it up so well they show you how good of a person he is and like all the like a bunch of different sides of him and how he's like sympathizes with all these different people and then like also just like celebrates his dead son's birthday yeah it's, i mean this, this is this is masterfully done you know we're, we're getting we're really just getting a uh a four minute highlight reel of why iroh is a legend and why we all know iroh you know he's he's going to be funny throughout. And then he's also going to be heartbreaking at the very end. Like you said, he's going through all these different types of people and just kind of like winning all of them over. He's hanging out with the kids. He, he's, you know, a guy tries to mug him and he just says, you know, with that stance, only guy I know that could, you know, take a guy that wants to mug him. And at the end, he's going to turn into a teaching moment. He's going to bond with him. You know, I, uh, this, this really is, uh, I, I talked, I talked about, you know, I mentioned Survivor in, in the tale of Momo, but this is just Iroh would be hell of a hell of an adaptable Survivor player. You just win it if he makes the merge, forget about it. He's going all the way. Absolutely. And Who's really, voting out that guy? Exactly. And this whole thing, this is like it this this vignette is like his winner reel here. Just all the highlights and why why we all love him. <laughs> and Definitely I'm sure yeah. he'd be no slouch in the challenges. No, I don't think Absolutely. so, yeah. Hello. Um, but I do also like this is something that stood out to me in this watch through. Obviously, I've seen this episode a bunch of times. Um, but something he says when he's like uh, memorializing his son, he says, uh, Lieutenant, if only I could have helped you out. Like then, like I start making the it's like connecting the dots like, oh, we've watched him help all these other people. So maybe mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of know, knew that Iroh's like shift from like being a general into being the Iroh we know now was because of his son's death. But now it's like, maybe we could like get maybe even a deeper sort of look into like the psychology of that shift, which is like, he wants to help people because he couldn't help this one person who meant the most to him. 
Um, so I just love that little moment of like, kind of an explanation for why Iro is the way Iro is right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And love I mean, that. he, like, I think he, he's like, he right before he goes to the hill, he's talking to the thief guy and he says like, something about helping others specifically like that's the line he's referencing and I, i'm trying to figure out what it actually like the quote while it is always best to believe in one's love from this can be blessing yeah, yeah he's, he's uh, taken his he's taken his heartache and he's turned it into something genuinely positive for the community now he's just all about helping everyone and it, it's a it's a beautiful thing to say it is it's very much um i mean uh in the words of a certain uh, fracking uh, reality TV show host, um, if you ain't gonna, or how are you gonna love somebody else? Um, wow, it's been a few <laughs> months. I've been without Drag Race for all oh of a God, few you better, months. Better hurry up, hurry up and get back. We're getting Drag Race soon. I know. Yeah, get him the January 1st, but, uh, if he can survive that long. Uh, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Uh, this is kind of an answer to that, which is the idea of like, um, Maybe like, uh, like yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. But the idea of like, <laughs> you can believe in yourself, but it's also okay to need other people to help you believe in yourself too by believing in you. Um, it's like it's not all 100% on you to be the one person to believe in yourself. Other people can believe in you too. Yeah. Um. Th th this. I mean, th we've been talking a lot about books on this episode, but. I just read a book called Anxious People by Frederick Bachman, and it's about... Um, Wait, this... I read something by him. Really? Did you read Beartown or Man Called Ove? Man Called Ove, yeah. I've not read that yet, but after reading Beartown and Anxious People, I want to read all of his books. Oh, anyway. is Anxious People good? Sorry. It is. In the middle of all right, I'll answer my book. Go on, go on. It is very good. and um, But it's about this uh, person who it becomes a hostage situation in an apartment showing. And it's it, it's very the people in the apartment showing it sort of becomes like they feel very sympathetic towards the person who's holding them up, uh, and like it reminded me a lot of that of this tale when I was watching it because Iroh helps this man out who's like trying to yeah. mug him, and then he uh, immediately sees through it and is like, "This is not who you are. How can I help you?" Yeah, he can. He really sees through like, and he's able to like genuinely help someone who's trying to harm him. It. It, you know, you're not going to see that from a lot of people. Absolutely. And it's like, how many shows even, like, bother to, like, humanize the, like, mm -hmm. random mugging dude, like, in the alley? Like, we just learn that he's just a guy who is desperate and needs something. Um, and yeah, clearly man. now he's going to go to masseuse school or whatever I told him to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but he also, like helped him mug the next guy if he ends up needing to he's <laughs> like that, he goes down he that also him. helps too how is he gonna pay yeah. for masseuse school teach a man to mug <laughs> that was that's ira's real master yeah, plan get yeah. mugged by a man help him for a day teach a man to mug help him for a lifetime that's absolutely perfect. yeah yeah this is actually he's planting the seeds for ira is secretly still evil you know he's oh, shit. creating these super muggers can't They're wait for that storyline in season four. Out in the, out in the streets of Bossing Say, <laughs> preying on the elderly. The Black Jeez. Lotus. <laughs> or, well, it was more like the, like, I don't even know. What was the moonflower? Is that what that was called? The moon lily? Sure. The flower he, like, pushes into the shade. That can be their name, you know, just to, Beautiful. like, mix it up a little. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so uh, any other thoughts on, I mean, beautiful song, like love, yeah, love the song. Singing I, instruments from the zoo, like my, it's all over mm-hmm. this tale. Yeah, I might have to get Austin back in here to see where it ranks For among these, the Nomad songs. You know, something about me and Austin, we both came into this podcast prepared with rankings. So I think that, <laughs> that says a lot about our character. I appreciate it. I love a list. Me too. Uh, and so glad to have one. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, any other thoughts on this episode as a whole before we get into spoilers or anything? No, just, I mean, it was beautifully done. It's just, we it really, we, even, even with Aang, you know, we get to see something with all of our favorite characters and, um, you know, shame on anyone who calls this simply a filler episode. Because it is Absolutely. a it is a bonafide classic for anyone with taste. It really is. Like it's just such a great idea, mm-hmm. um, and it's like they only have twenty episodes, and they're twenty two minutes each per season. There's only three seasons. It's like it's just so great that they find the time to do things like this. And um, even if I didn't like it this much, I'd still say you know good for them for going for it for like trying something and not just you know being formulaic with every episode and having to do that, but they not only did they go for it, but they knocked it out of the park. They succeeded like very well done. Absolutely. It's just a great showcase for the show in general. Totally agree with everything you guys have said. I think that like there, I like that there's no conflict. There's conflict, but there's no fight in this episode. It's in it, but they still have find ways to like display people's bending abilities. And it's like, they just show, they show the characters and, their best form that we've come to know them so far through the show. I think that this is like such a fun break from the format of the show and the storyline as they show the time passing, as they wait to see the earth King and bossing say, and I think that this is just like the best way they could have done that. And I think that it's really cool that they did it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yes. And, um, it's just such an exciting time to be an Avatar fan in this moment, like both when this episode aired and now, just like thinking about what a special show we have in our hands here that is doing cool things like this. Honestly, I can't believe I waited so long to watch this show. Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, I middle school me just didn't get into it for whatever reason. I would have shoved you into a locker if um, I had the upper body strength and I, I don't and never will. <laughs> You would have said airbenders suck and you would have pushed me into a locker. Yeah, <laughs> to be like, wait, you're the nerd for knowing what an airbender is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm very happy that at least now, well, 14, however many years later, I figured it out and fell in love with the show as an adult. Cool. Oh, for back. me, it was a bossing sleigh. Ooh. Wow, I really thought both of you were going to hate that. Uh, so that's we're easy. Not on your own <laughs> podcast. I can't. <laughs> yeah, we're faking uh, it for you, Sam. Sorry. That's fine. I don't need it. I mean, as long as you guys are making me think that you're happy about it, I don't really care. Um, Matt, okay. where tell people what tell where they could find you before we talk about uh, the greater scheme. Um, you can find me on the only social media site I use, which is Twitter, at MattyFresh24. I tweet about a lot of great stuff. I'm a great follow, and you know, you won't be disappointed if you follow me there. Also, um, I 
in addition to this podcast, there, there are another two podcasts that I frequently get invited on to. And so when I'm a guest on any of these podcasts, I like to plug the other two. So uh, my friend- I agree. We should be plugging the other two on Comedy Central. Incredible show. <laughs> <laughs> if season two ever comes out, then you should watch the other two on Comedy Central. Absolutely. Uh, but- uh, my friends have a podcast where they review a different beer every episode called The Hoppy Boys. And mm-hmm. my other good friends have a podcast about Glee called The Choir Room. And I'm frequently on both of those. So if you like me, you can listen to the episodes where I'm on. And if you don't like me, but you like beer or Glee, you can check that out anyway. And that's it. That's my plugs. I did not know about The Hoppy Boys, but that sounds like a fun pod. Yeah, Brendan would love to have you on. Well, I don't. I am I able to come on if I don't drink a beer? Um, I mean, I guess if you could just, you just have to review a beer. So I guess if you just remember what it tastes like, from experience. <laughs> Fair. I could probably just try to do that. A blind review, we love it. I could just do if I like what the graphic, the the design of the what, can the looks design, like, or the, what it looks like, what it smells like, maybe uh, every sense yeah. except for taste. What it feels like. It'll be much like this episode. It'll be a nice break from format. Everything needs one of those. Or we could do a non-alcoholic. That's true, too, yeah. Um, But you can follow me at Sim Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow my other podcast, Word on the Straits, where we talk about straight culture. uh, At Word on the Straits, that's tier 8S on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and you can find me at Rain Dierks on Twitter. And you can find us at Bridgerger's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Please write and review. Not that we're wrapping up, and that usually people say that at the very end, but I do feel like you should review us and give us positive reviews. Uh, but let's talk about the rest. Yes. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we're going to learn how Appa, uh, his footprint, ended up there yeah. in this very next episode. In the very, another the very next episode is another one of my favorites of the season. Or like I said, they, they do things no other show would do. They're, we're going to have an episode dedicated to, to Appa's point of view. Not just a four-minute tale, like with Momo, but an entire episode and another one that's just brilliantly done. Right. Yeah. But could, could you? That made me think, like, could you imagine the gag of, like, at the end of this episode, the tale of Appa pops up? Hello. Hmm. But, I, I mean... Think yeah. that. Where it's like, if they had just made Appa's thing of four-minute part of the episode because like obviously they could have still made it like heartbreaking and crushing and emotionally taxing because mm-hmm. they do that in this episode with Iroh but like I'm glad that they did not do that and they like we took another break from the main plotline and we went back sort of the uh, lost season two episode where they explore the tailies side of things yeah but I'm glad or, or three I don't know what season that was but it season two Amazing. Um, I'm I'm glad that they <laughs> devoted more attention to Appa since we haven't seen him in so long. He's been lost to us too. We have no idea where he's been. They like exactly. they, they could have done the thing like in the Star Wars Episode Nine where Chewbacca dies and then we immediately see where he is and that <laughs> yeah. he's fine. Um, so he wanted them to do a bad thing and be. No, I'm saying they. I'm saying they could have done that, and I'm they right. had they did not do that, and so a lesser we, piece of media would have done that. A and much, a much lesser <laughs> media piece, piece of media has done that, um, <laughs> and so I'm gl- I'm glad that they are taking the time as opposed to giving him four minutes. We're gonna explore his like past exactly. month in the form it deserves. 
We haven't That's... seen him in weeks and weeks, so we de- we deserve a full episode to see what he's been up to. We've been we we've been craving Appa content, and now we're finally going to get it in a big way. Yes, we are of we are Appa's lost gaze. We are lost without Appa. Truly, I've I've said it since the very beginning of this show, and long before Appa is my favorite character. And so <laughs> these episodes, definitely, yeah, out of the gate, Appa was my favorite character for a while before you know Zuko eventually took over. Straight yeah. out of the iceberg, he came sneezing out, and we fell in love ever since. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that because that episode I feel like also just sets up so much for the rest of the season. But um, obviously, we'll talk about that next week. Um, and then uh, I feel like uh, I can't really think of anything in this episode in particular that sets up a lot more besides the Momo thing. Um, obviously, we learned more about Luten, um, but I feel like that's about all we get like i don't think we ever really learned the exact circumstances of his death um or anything like that which is fine i don't need those answers honestly <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't improve like it doesn't enrich the story if i just know exactly what happened well with the other things we could talk like i feel like katara and toff like we aren't gonna see i feel like until um what's it called the episode where the runaway toph is what the runaway is that yeah, what you're thinking? in like the Fire Nation when she's like scamming people. Like I feel like we don't get another Katara Toph moment as like so dedicated until then. So like, I don't know. I, I do wish we would get more of them, but that's of just gals. Yeah. yeah, gals being pals. We need more of that with Katara exactly. and Toph. We don't get enough yes. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though that this is, I believe, the last appearance of the Cabbage Merchant. Really? I believe so. Didn't even mention him during our review because he's in the less the least of the bunch. But I'm pretty sure this is the last we see of him until he is memorialized in the Legend of Korra as a statue and wow. a corporation. Yeah. I I guess that makes sense since how could he be in the Fire Nation? Uh <laughs> but that is You underestimate him. That's true. It's bizarre to think about that he's not in the this like running gag that we have grown so used to over the years is not in the like second half of the show, basically. Interesting. That's true. It's tough. Yeah, we we <laughs> just one of the many reasons to just openly start bawling during this episode. Like, oh my god, this is the last we're seeing of this man. Yes. When I rewatch his episodes again, that'll be another reason I start crying. Yeah, and yeah. he's so dejected. Like that's the last thing we see of him is he's just given up completely on life because these rabbits are <laughs> destroying his cabbages. You know, you've convinced me the tale of Aang is the best one, <laughs> <laughs> the one with the most emotional depth. I didn't even know it. Time to re-rank. And yep. then the other thing I was thinking of is that, uh, like, obviously this is like Zuko ship fodder stuff, and I don't really. I mean, we could like it's this girl we've never we don't see again, but it does seem like she's really great. I yeah, was, she does seem fun. We, was, and we do technically see her, um, oh, I believe, cool. when, like, she's just a background character when I believe, like, the Fire Nation is taking over Bossing Say or something like that. But anyway. All right. We'll keep a look at Much like the guy who was piloting the drill or whatever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. A for character me, who I might recognize. For me, it's tough because outside of this episode now, I've only seen every other episode once. So I'm, a lot of these details are going to escape me here. 
Yeah, infamously, I fell asleep to my Avatar DVDs growing up. So I could probably, <laughs> if you like, open my brain up, you could probably find every single frame of the show in there. Yeah, Just it sucks because like, I feel like I'm past the point in my life where I could have like a new show where I know to that level where I just grow up with it and watch it over and over all the time. And like, there are some episodes where I just know every line, like for like a community or like a Boy Meets World growing up, like there. Or the office there are episodes where i'll just know every joke that's gonna come now every time i start a show after i finish it i'm gonna move on to the next show i'm not gonna you know rewatch it over and over again i just don't have time for it there's so much content out there it's true it's a yeah. curse i do feel like i'm past my massively rewatching things days like how did i watch parks and recreation so many times like even <laughs> that was just like four years ago but now i'm like what will that Oh, what was, why wasn't I watching anything else? I already watched all that stuff. <laughs> but I'll, I'll still rewatch those those older shows. Like, I just did another community rewatch recently with my mom, actually, over the summer. It was her first watch. Had to get her into it. So Wow, and you didn't do a podcast called Mom Unity? <laughs> the world doesn't need her takes. <laughs> wow. I mean, that sounds like she, it it's does. A, my mom, my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the one thing. Like, I would, I, I'll rewatch these things if I'm wa if I'm watching it with someone else who mm -hmm. hasn't seen it. But at this point, it's like, am I? Re I'm never gonna put in the 144 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever again just for I me. Need the, I need to watch that show for the first time. I really do. It it is very 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 good, but it's near it, the top of my list. But it's phenomenal. But I, it's just something. It, it also feels like there's just so much. Uh, history there with my like personhood, so I don't know if it would be good to rewatch it for well, just when my I finally when I finally watch it, I will be texting you guys all my takes. Please text me every single episode. I remember like all of them from the beginning to the end. <laughs> Can't wait. So I don't even need to rewatch it. I can just <laughs> exactly. put it on my, yeah. in my head. <laughs> you can skip an episode by simply thinking about it or whatever. <laughs> But what I was saying was that with Zuko shipping, I was someone recently asked me what my favorite episodes were because we, I was saying that we just talked about Derek's favorite episode last week, and I like was like, well, it's probably the finale of book two or the Southern Raiders, and I was like, those are just the most Zutara heavy episodes of the mm -hmm. whole show. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, I guess I like what I like. Yeah, what a coincidence that they're also excellent episodes of the show. It's Mm, it's almost like Dutara is just inherently more intriguing and interesting and brings more to the table. That was my, that was the only complaint I had when I finished the show. And the, the finale was perfect. And then that, the last five seconds, I was like, really? You know, Guitara's gonna... Wear that green dress? I'm just gonna okay. joke about it every episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? That? Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, and there will be more, much and more to talk about that with in future episodes but this girl seems so great and i wish that we had a reason to ever see her again but we never will other than that passing moment in the yeah. finale we'll just assume that Jin and song get together and that's why we don't see them again it's because they're like you know i was in love with this emo boy but turns out you know i'm actually a lesbian okay they like that. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. i can they get like behind that, that. It's just foreshadowing for a certain other ship that will come in this the sequel series. I also feel like she is centered in a fan theory from when Korra Book One was airing, where they're like, "What if Bolin and Mako's 
grandma is this girl <laughs> just randomly <laughs> deciding uh, out of nowhere but throwing darts yeah yeah oh, now man. that would be fan service and that is something no avatar offshoot has ever done never never not once even though i literally just mentioned that the cabbage merchant gets a statue and a corporation named after it. the kiyoshi book came up with like one new thing and then referenced stuff i already knew about for the rest of the thing Oof. is this just going to become the kiyoshi book slam slam pod well i, I we have to complain about something other than legend of Korra books one and two so i picked <laughs> kiyoshi book one for my i can't, uh, I can't wait date. to get up to season three of uh, legend of Korra. oh that's my, uh, that's the exact thought I have every time I rewatch. <laughs> I'm up to I'm in season two right now in the beginning. Oh, my condolences, my friend. Eh, we'll we'll get through it. We will all together. We will get through this absolutely collectively. Um, but uh, any other th concluding thoughts on the tales of Bossing Say or anything you want to say before we see you presumably in book three at some point. God, I hope so. That was the only thing I had to say is that I had a blast coming on. Thank you for having me. And hopefully, hopefully there's some space in that season three schedule that you guys can squeeze me in for an episode there. Most definitely. Oh, Always man. looking to squeeze in some Maddie Fresh. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> 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 Sam does not love to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I just don't. I don't know if I would put it in that way. <laughs> uh, you might, you know, you might put it in that way someday. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, do you yes. want to plug? Let's do the plugs <laughs> again, okay. baby. All right, follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. Check out my friends' podcast, The Hoppy Boys and The Choir Room. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, that's all I got. Hell yeah. Love that. I'm at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. My other podcast is Word on Straits, STR8S on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Rain Derricks on Twitter and us at Bitter Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you again, Matt, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes. Bye. Bye.